When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. It's easy to forget about what a great resource libraries can be. From the obvious benefits, to having access to a broad range of parenting books for no cost to you, libraries offer many additional resources that can make them lifesavers for new parents. Today we're talking about how libraries can be a great resource for new families. This is Bill Sandwald, manager of the Sanford Children's Library within the San Diego Central Library, and this is Parent Savers, episode 80. Faster than a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo-boos with a gentle kiss. Would you get down from there? Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh, what did you eat? Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah, quit touching me. It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Parent Savers. We're broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Parent Savers is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for parents of newborns, infants, and toddlers. I'm your host, John O'Reill. Thanks again to all of our loyal listeners for sticking with us and for listening to us each and every week. And thanks also to everyone who has joined the Parent Savers Club. As you guys know, you get access to bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. And we recently unlocked all the archives to all of our episodes, so if you ever want to dig back and go listen to any of the shows that we've done in the past year and a half, make sure to check those out. And if you like them, definitely send them on to your friends. You can subscribe to our monthly Parent Savers newsletter for a chance to win a membership to our club each month. Another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Parent Savers app, which is available in the Android and iTunes marketplace. So as, begin, as before we begin our conversation on libraries, let's go around the room and introduce ourselves so we know who we're listening to. We've got a full house with some panelists as well as Bill. As you guys know, I'm Johnner. I have three boys, a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old, and we definitely do make use of the library system. I'd, I'd say thanks to my wife more than me, and maybe that's something we could talk about too, is, uh, is uh, the marketing of who it goes to. But uh, Aaron, why don't you... Reintroduce yourself to everybody. Well, hi, my name is Aaron Estevez, um, aka OG Mamacita, and I have one boy. His name is Cash, and he'll be about two very shortly. And I am an excited fan of the library system. I nice. love libraries. <laughs> my name is Beston Barnett. I'm a, a furniture maker, and I guess the technical term is primary caregiver for a, a, a nine year old who's third parent has probably been Bill here at the library. I didn't even realize it, but uh, uh, my son and I have been there every week uh, since he was born. So um, I have nothing but enthusiastic things to say about the experience. Awesome. Uh, my name's Heather. I'm 27, and I work in online education. I have one son, Lucas, who is almost four months old. Ooh, little boy. A little one, but we've still enjoyed the library even in that short time. <laughs> and I'm Bill Sandwald. I am a librarian. Uh, tomorrow I'll actually have 20 years with San Diego Public Library. I started when I was 17. I have two children. One is a son named Kaz. He is six years old. And then I have a daughter named Yoshi, who is three. Nice. And I, of course, use the library since I'm there. Every day. 40 <laughs> plus hours a week. So <laughs> for the past 20 years. To yes. <laughs> nice. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. 
Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Before we get started today, let's talk about a news headline. We do this from time to time um, about an article that's in the news um, that we think is kind of funny or noteworthy. And uh, for this one, um, the baseball playoffs just started and um, the Oakland A's are a team in the major leagues. And what happens is when these teams clinch, um, they have these big parties in the locker room where they spray champagne and there's alcohol in the locker room because it's a big deal after the season. And so... Uh, after it was televised and on TV, um, this website Deadspin took a screen cap because they found in the background one of the players and his wife's was feeding a beer to their baby who's really young. And I've got a picture of it here. Um, and so the A's postgame celebration fe- featured a beer drinking baby. Um, and so for the second year in a row, the Oakland A's have shocked everyone by capturing the AOS title. The team celebrated after clinching the division um, and everybody had a good time, including this young five or six month old baby in the background oh and you can, there's a picture of the mom um in the background you can see giving her a beer and so there was kind of some snarky feedback from websites um you know before you freak out and lose your minds note that the baby wasn't driving home because that oh, was dear. ridiculous <laughs> um and you know and people are assuming that the mom gave the baby a small sip of celebratory beer but i'm not even sure that that's what happened here i haven't seen the video but you know, certainly I've drank beer before um, around my kids and empty beer bottles and they kind of want to be like it. There's been times where I've made sure that like beer bottles are empty right. and they'll start like bottling because that's mm-hmm. what the grownups are doing. Right. And but, that's what I was going to say is that there's the assumption that there's actual liquid in the bottle. Right. Right. But let's say there is. What do you guys think about giving even a sip of a beer to like a five month or six month old baby? I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't. Um, it, it surprises me. I know that there's there was an era. I remember like as a little kid, like taking a sip of my dad's beer totally. or something. But you know, not a five or six month old. No, but I know no, there were times months, when the yeah. kids teething and they would yeah. right. up something. But something like this, I wouldn't do something. I mean, I would. Yeah. I would yeah, be a I little bit upset if I was in the room and I saw that happening. So. My assumption goes to that it's just the baby like mm-hmm. mouthing yeah. the bottle. Or um, they thought it was a funny picture. Like, you see people all the time. And right. They're like, oh, maybe they're <laughs> like, in the background. Maybe that's the baby true. didn't actually drink anything. Yeah. I don't know. But there is a crowd that says, you know, what's the big deal? It was a biz event. And the kids. That's a little young. <laughs> they even yeah. say that, like, moms, though, like, you know, like, we've talked to, like, a pediatrician friend. She's like, it's probably okay if a pregnant mom has, like, a glass of wine. Like, it's not that yeah. big of a deal. You just don't want to overdo it. So I still am not going to go out and give my kids a celebratory beer. Um no matter how excited I am. It's fairly nutritious stuff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All that hoppiness. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today's topic on Parent Savers is public libraries and how they can be a great resource for new parents. So thanks for joining us, Bill. 
No problem. Thanks for having me. So let's start off by talking about public libraries. How many public libraries are there in the country? Well, according to the American Library Association, there are nearly 120,000 public libraries throughout the United States. That's a ton. That's, yes. I mean, that's, uh, so no matter where you go, there's a place you can go for free right. and that will welcome you. And we're even here in San Diego, and there's how many are here in San Diego? Within just the city library system, we have 36 libraries. The county has over 30. So I would say there's at least 75 right. public libraries. Yeah, and I mean pretty much any part of town you go to, Yes. And really anywhere around the country, there's mm-hmm. going to be a public library. And I think that, you know, maybe parents Depending on budget cuts, of course. Well, yes. that's right. I mean, yes. that's, I guess, one of the things, you know, that I found with our library is, you know, the hours that it's open. Well, the good news of. is things seem to be on the upswing. So we're adding more hours. We didn't have Saturday hours for a while. We have yeah. those now. We're looking to hopefully expand those. A lot of the branches are now open on Sundays that weren't open Sundays before. So things are going back towards the direction of having more hours. Good. Nice. And so one of the things we want to talk about is, you know, how can new parents really benefit from the library system? Well, one of the biggest things when it comes to, you know, with your kids is, and using libraries is just exposure to that whole environment is very important. Exposure to an environment where parents are reading, where you're around books, where you're around activities. Mm-hmm. Um, so early literacy is one of the big focuses we've been taken in the libraries, especially at our central library and our branches as well. Um, so I think the biggest thing is, number one, get a library card. Um, make sure your library visits are normal, a normal thing. Make it a weekly or biweekly thing. Yeah. And um, just look and see what the library has. And if we don't offer something that you want, let us know. The more we, we get you get to know your library staff, the better we can help you guys out. And you guys really want to help people that are yes. coming there. And that's, that's the big thing right now. We're so busy with the new central library opening. Um, is I love talking to people and finding out what do you want because we're in the, the midst of shaping our programs. So Heather and I were talking, for instance, and we were talking about the, the types of programs she would like since she has a, a very young uh, mm-hmm. baby. And we have some things like we have a baby signs program happening a couple times a month. We're looking to get a, a baby yoga. So a lot of things happening that will be really in line with uh, yeah. new parents. So yeah, so there's activities, but I mean, to focus on, we'll get, we'll, we'll get the to materials. that in a second, but for the materials, it can even start before the baby's born. Right, when, right. When, Just reading to them, talking to them, singing, those are all important mm-hmm. things. And resource books too. Well, oh, yeah, resources for parents. For myself, I use, I live a block away from the central library's past location. Mm-hmm. So I was very spoiled in that sense. Um, it's now six blocks away. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. No. <laughs> but bef- while I was pregnant, I was going, like, every other day, and I was coming home with stacks and stacks and stacks of books. Mm, right. You can Be- go to the baby store, and those books... Hundreds of dollars. Hundreds of dollars. Hundreds right. of dollars. And yeah. Th- and that's a huge... I remember when my wife was pregnant with our first kid, is I would every day go grab another book, and I would. you could see things like, this is how my child looks mm-hmm. when they're 12 weeks old. Mm-hmm. And uh, books. there was books for, like, dads, like, hey... You know, you're gonna you're gonna be a father. Here's how to like handle this new responsibility you have. And do most libraries have those? Oh, every spot? every library. Yeah, that's that's a big subject. And uh, I believe six eighteen around there. In our, <laughs> for those of you that are yeah, <laughs> it's the Dewey number. Yes, yeah. nice. And then in addition to that, then you said there's a big emphasis on stuff for young kids. Right. So we have a lot of uh, programs, but a lot of materials, too. So um, most libraries try to have, of course, board books, which are a big thing for kids. You, you just getting them used to like 
handling the books and realizing you turn the page and something happens. Mm-hmm. When they're really little, they're going to be probably just chewing on those books, mm-hmm. <laughs> which actually is still a part of the whole early literacy development. And then as they get older, they want to <laughs> see the chewing on the they, books. They, well, because they're, they're getting <laughs> the used to, you know, day. handling them. Yes. And, um, and then they, they, yeah, chewing on them. And then they start <laughs> wanting to look at, like, pictures of other babies. And then they want to look yeah. at pictures of kids doing stuff. And it all kind of leads into realizing that, you know, hey, there's some purpose to these things other than putting them in my mouth and... So that brings up a question that always concerned me as a mom, because I would get books and I would take them home and immediately do a little like a clean cleaning mm-hmm. <laughs> of them with the wipes. How clean are the books in the library? It's a Mythbusters <laughs> question. <laughs> well, we, we do generally uh, have staff and volunteers as the books come back and you know, we look at them. We have volunteers that come in and will actually clean books for us. Okay. Um, a, lot, a lot of groups um, from, from schools and so forth, That's we will have carts of books. Mm-hmm. If I see a kid with a book in their mouth, that's I keep an eye on it and then immediately grab it and say, yeah. this is going to the clean pile. But, you, you know, you are touching things that the public has touched, so it's not a bad idea to have you know, something on hand. But one thing I've also learned from having my kids and at the beginning being really paranoid about germs right. is, you know, having a little exposure to stuff that's dirty is not going <laughs> to... <laughs> it won't kill them. It'll make them strong. It kind of yeah, does. Strong, yeah. Right. With, my, with my son, I was worried about everything. With my daughter, I'm like, eh, whatever. She <laughs> <out>. <laughs> She'll survive. My favorite is um, there was a, a book I think I originally found at the library uh, that was somewhat squeamish about actually using the library's copy. Um, that my son loved at about this age, you know, <laughs> the like six months when they're finally starting to eat some things mm-hmm. that aren't milk, um, was this book put out by Cheerio, put out by General Mills. Mm-hmm. It's like this, I've seen this Cheerios this. picture book. So each page is a sort of, you know, it's a little lamb or a farmer mm-hmm. or whatever or something, and there's little spaces where you can put a Cheerio. Oh, oh you that's put some, cool. You put five Cheerios on the picture, and then you get to eat the Cheerios. <laughs> <laughs> and then you turn the page. It, it struck me as maybe not the best book for a library Most to have, but they did have it. Yeah. And, um, I've seen that one. Well, is there a vetting process we that the books go right through? Up, let me tell you. Before we purchase them? Yeah. If it's something we're purchasing, we generally look at professional reviews. Um, if it's something that's donated where right. it hasn't cost us anything, we, we'll look at it and say, is this something that people would enjoy? Is this yeah. appropriate for our collection? So a lot of times those are books that we get donated and we say, okay, we'll go ahead and add it. But right. um, I don't know if I've seen any big uh, Publishers Weekly reviews of uh, you know, <laughs> the, the Cheerios, Cheerios book. book. <laughs> <laughs> well, Heather, what kind of stuff do you do at the library when you do go? We've gone a couple times. Um, we started pretty young. Gosh, it might have, he might have only been six or seven weeks old. We started going at the Ocean Beach branch. They have a mommy and me yoga class. Mm. Um, and we started going to that because I very quickly got uh, cabin fever staying in the house with my little one. Um, so we we went to that. We've been going weekly. Um, it's a great chance to get out. And, I mean, we live in Mira Mesa, so it's not around the corner. But yeah. a chance to get out and see a different part of the county and um, – you know, get to go to the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, and the teacher is awesome. She does one class for um, infants. I think it's up to a year. Um, and then the next class immediately following is for toddlers. And sometimes we end up just staying for both. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, and so that's that. free to you, right? Completely free. Yep. And, I mean, it's a half hour of yoga every week that I don't pay for. Yeah. Which my husband's happy about. <laughs> and then um, we've also gone to at the Scripps Ranch branch. Mm-hmm. Um, they do like a sing in story time right um all oh, right we've gone to that that's on wednesdays i think um that's completely free again and even i mean 
doing it there with a group of people is awesome. But even like afterwards, I've continued some of the songs where there's like movements and stuff. Mm -hmm. We still do those like every night, like because it makes him smile and he knows the song. And like you can tell he's starting to kind of remember and like laugh about it. Um, but yeah, it's great. It, yeah. I've met other parents and other moms and their babies, and yeah, that's right. Made friends through it. Right. How do you? How is that stuff free, Bill? Well, we have a um, yeah. Every library has you know funding for programs and so forth. Right. Um, a lot of the libraries they get their funds through uh, like our friends of library groups help us a lot. So they'll have book sales and other fundraisers. Uh, we have other groups that help raise money for the library as well, like the San Diego Public Library Foundation, um, which did a lot of fundraising for the new central library. And um, sometimes we'll have people that will come in and just offer to do stuff for free for us because they want to do cool things for the community. So, but yeah, I mean, in the case of something like, um, you know, like the, the baby yoga, mm-hmm. um, it's usually paid for through the branches um, programming funds. They'll pay them. The, mm-hmm. the instructor right. that comes in. And the, the city matches funds that are donated as well. So when our friends of the library groups <laughs> put money into our accounts, they will, uh, uh, the city will match at least, I think at least 50%, if not all of it. Nice. Yeah, I mean, that's it's a great way to, I guess, get people into the library. Right. Mm-hmm. And I and I personally, I see libraries, the big thing is not just books, not just, you know, programs. It's just a forum for information and ideas. Mm-hmm. So no matter how we offer those information and ideas, whether it's in a, you know, a class like a baby yoga or whether it's in a, a parenting book, I think it's just those are all containers of, of ways we're trying to help people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think it also engenders a sense of community, mm-hmm. too. And it's kind of like you were saying where you can connect with other parents mm-hmm. um, that, you know, the library is a place that, you know, everybody's welcome. Mm-hmm. Everybody can go to it. And if you go to some of these classes, you can run into people like you or mm-hmm. go through similar things. Right. Definitely. So. Yeah, there's a lot of people have made friends I've seen going to programs. And I've actually made friends with some of our, our patrons and volunteers, um, you know, because we talking about your kids and it's it's a, it's a great way to connect with people yeah so what about like dvds and stuff as mm-hmm. well yeah we we offer uh dvds for checkout um as long as you bring it back on time there's no charge right that's that's the dangerous thing is people will check out a whole bunch of stuff and then they'll be late and you know oh no i owe money but you know if you're careful and uh, you guys have, don't root for that right no I mean, no we like, <laughs> No, I mean, sometimes, like, there's they circumstances. They don't even get to keep the money from that, actually. No, they right. don't. It goes to the city, right? Right. So it's not like it's a secret money-making no. ploy. <laughs> no. In fact, most most librarians aren't happy when we tell people, hey, you have a fine. And <laughs> it's, it's not fun when people like, are arguing the fines because we don't have a lot of freedom to necessarily waive those fines. Yeah. Um, and so it's nice. It seems like a lot of times the, the parents who come in are the ones who are really understanding. A lot of times they're almost like like really sorry like oh my gosh we kept these books a day late okay it's like well okay you owe a nickel you know like <laughs> right. it's okay you know so it's yeah it's, it's most people are really understand it's that small percentage that get really upset well, and on the note of dvds i would say i um went and toured the new central library just this past week mm-hmm. well i shouldn't say toured i gave myself a tour but <laughs> <laughs> um i was surprised by how many dvds they had that were new mm-hmm. movies I nice. mean, like in the last year and i think there's maybe a misconception maybe it was a, an error on my part but i kind of figured everything was going to be you know 10 years old yeah old and outdated no. on a vhs that's a really <laughs> good point yeah but there was a lot that had come out recently, recently that i would check out and you know watch for a date night at home and that that kind of ties into the whole thing about like the books being dirty and so forth too we're constantly ordering new materials um you know we, we every branch has a budget for ordering materials but we have a collection development team that does that 
yeah. as their their main focus. So we look at, um, you know, we have some software that helps us determine like what we should purchase, like what the needs are for branches. Mm-hmm. But we look at too, like okay, these are these are old materials. We need to get rid of these and get some replacements because these Got are it. dirty or whatever. So and like, is there some sort of like clearinghouse that libraries get good deals on this stuff? Or are you- we we do have a, a main you know some main vendors we work with yeah. who do provide a discount and they also save money by processing materials for us and so forth as part of the contract so right, let me guys ask you guys a question as parents that go to the library because my wife and i get in kind of a disagreement about this oh um so she kind of doesn't have any limit as to how many books the kids should get so sometimes she'll go up to the checkout with like oh 18 books for like <laughs> our three kids one of whom is was like one year old that yeah. didn't even really need books because just wanted to gnaw on them um, <laughs> what do you guys do um, when you guys go to the library? Do you guys set limits? How do you guys decide what the kids can get? I um, I have a giant IKEA bag. I expect to load it up, and it's not mostly the kid. I mean, I'm kind of addicted to these giant like art coffee table books. You know, got They'll just like pull them off the shelf, and, you know. So you, like, fill up the bag. I fill up That's the bag. That's my approach. It's like apple kid, picking, yeah. right? Let the kid just whatever. I mean, there's a limit to how many DVDs you can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I guess there's a limit. If I if you get enough expensive books, there's, like, a you, you hit a price limit, too. But it's hard to hit it. Got you got to really, like, pile them on, you know, to do I it. I didn't know that one. See, I just well, – my thinking is that if my kids are just going to leave these books sitting in their room for a week or two – I mean, if there's more books than they can even get to or think about, you know, telling them, well, maybe we should leave them at the library so other people can have access to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you guys have any thoughts? Or- I could well, see that. I'll tell you a quick story about okay. this one uh, parent I got to know uh, when I was working at the Mission Valley Library. And she had a, a child who liked to pull off a lot of books, but she didn't want to take so many books home. So we had this kind of agreement that the child could hand me the books and I would act like I was because that was the big thing he just wanted to keep <laughs> handing me the books right. and and then she had a two pile she had the ones that they're actually taking home which was a small pile and then the ones that they weren't and she he just wanted to hand me them so maybe come up with some trick to make so it, you would take them and then give them to her and she'd put them in the right pile yes and then she might leave a pile behind and yeah. he wouldn't know because there were so many right books. yeah that's smart nice do you guys ever do you guys go to the library we haven't had to limit. Oh, I mean, I only have a four-month-old, so yeah. he's not really all that interested. <laughs> um, but in general, I, I mean, I remember even back to going to the library when I was a kid, and it was always kind of a talk about, like, what are you really going to read? It kind of depends how often you're going. If you are going, like you said, you know, a couple times a week, what are you going to read by the time we come back? I mean, if, it, if we're not going to be back for three weeks till it's due, okay, then, you know, get a few more. But if we're going to be back here in a couple days, you don't need right. that many books. All right, well, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll talk a little more about how you are reaching new parents that maybe hadn't thought about the library that, uh, to get them to come in and some other stuff. All right, we'll be right back. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back, everybody, to Parent Savers. Today, we're talking about public libraries and how they can be a great resource for new parents. So what are some ways that you guys reach out to new parents and try to market to new parents to let them know that the library is a good place that they can be welcome and that you guys can help them? Well, beyond the library doing things like embracing social media in recent years, I think the best way to, to reach new people is to 
reach out to organizations and start partnerships. So we might, you know, um, find a group that's in need of, they might say, hey, we, we want a place we can meet. We don't have a place to meet, but we have this cool program going on. And we'd say, okay, well, maybe we can provide the meeting space and you can open it up to the public. So just finding ways to bring people in um, really by reaching out to groups to seeing what, what the community need is. Um, every, every library should continually do needs assessments of their, their communities and their patrons. And uh, also realize, too, that the people in your neighborhood aren't necessarily people coming to your library. So, you know, for instance, you know, kids who are in school during the day, that's our population during the day of, of, in terms of who are serving as kids. But they might not live there at night. A whole gr- other group of kids might live there in the evening. So that keeping those types of things in mind yeah. and uh, just finding ways to get out there and really talk to people and make ourselves known and get the word out on all the cool stuff we offer. So like one thing that we did this last summer is, and we've been doing for a few years is we have a booth at Comic-Con. And I, I believe uh, Aaron actually talked to one of our librarians there. And yeah, that was kind of how initial connection was formed. So, yeah. so just getting in places you wouldn't think libraries would be. So I mean, it's what is, I mean, what's the overall mission of the library? Cause I feel like a lot of things we do as parents, you know, we go to a play place an indoor play place and their ulterior motive is they're trying to make money. You know, and it's providing nice things for kids. But what's the library central mission? So the, the big mission is to inspire lifelong thir- learning through connections to uh, one another and connections, you know, between ourselves. Yeah. So. And so really, you guys want to get people in there right. not to make money off them, but to help them. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That, it's yeah. I don't weird. see it's, the library so as a money-making well, But it's just <laughs> kind of weird to me, like, in this. I mean, and that's one of the cool things about library in this day and age that, like, it is such an altruistic place. Um, that's what I, I think is so cool. About I it. think that's really true. Um, recently, I had the chance to go to uh, the East Mesa uh, detention facility, and I talked to a group of teens who are just about to uh, be released. And I was telling about all the resources we offer. And this one boy raised his hand and he said, "How do you have all this cool stuff for free? Like, what's the catch?" And he he really just didn't realize right. like there is no catch. It's it's your tax dollars at work. You yeah. know, like, <laughs> yeah. if anything, it's the library. You know. If, if it doesn't have altruistic motives, it's that the more people it gets in there, the better it can make its case when mm-hmm. it comes right. to funding. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and so more people can good, help it you know. even do more. Yeah. Job. Yeah. And, 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 you know, there's the idea that, like, oh, libraries are loud now. And, li- you know, some when you have, like, kids especially, like, our children's library is hopping. We have places in the library that are quiet. But really, if you have a, a library that's quiet and things are happening, it's – it's not going to be a library that's going to be around much longer. We need people in there. We need energy. We need community. Yeah. Vibrancy. Yes. Well, let me ask you about that. What's the etiquette if your kid is going crazy yeah. or if there's rambunctious yeah. kids around? Because I'm sure that that is a barrier for some people wanting to go because they're embarrassed by how their kids are going to behave. With the right. Like my son during story time, there's no way he's going to sit still. So I don't take him to story. But time. is there like a level that you guys are accepting that like, you know, that there's three, there's two and three year olds in the audience. So. Right. And uh, I think that as people who work with children, we need to be advocates for them, but we also need to have some realistic expectations. So yeah. usually before I do a story time, I'll let parents know, you know, I'm not going to be offended if your child starts making noise or they're too wiggly. They don't have to listen to the story. You guys can, you can, you know, pick them up and go do something else. Or if a child's really screaming, generally if we say go over, you know, parents are not happy that's happening anyway. Like when my kids are freaking out somewhere. Right. 
but as long as we go over and we aren't accusatory and we're just like hey would you you know mind just maybe stepping outside for a minute and then come back in when yeah and usually they're they're pretty accommodating that's gotta Um, be a tough one though i bet it is it is because you know for me like when i had my daughter throwing a fit somewhere and someone comes over and they're like uh you know sir it's like yeah i know i'm (laughs) trying to get her aware of the situation but um you know we we also want people to feel welcome and kids are going to make noise and that's that's why we advertise this is when our program's happening like we have other times that are quieter you might want to plan your visit accordingly but with the new library it's great because we have the children's library is kind of self-contained and then there are quiet spaces but in a smaller branch it might just be like you know don't come at 10 30 on tuesdays because that's when it's going to be noisy in here but explaining to them also that this is important for us this is we're reaching these children and they're become lifelong library users and these are the people who are going to be supporting us and this is what's helping us you know keep our doors open because we're able to reach all these people in the community what are some of the really popular activities that you guys have seen that have been really successful in getting people into the library Story times, of course, are kind of the, the go-to that are huge. But I think a lot of the newer things, like when uh, Heather was talking about the baby yoga mm-hmm. um, activities like that, we've been having a lot more uh, classes for you know adults like Zumba and stuff, but they've been having like things for kids kind of in that category. Um, a lot of more like play activities like Lego clubs mm. or uh, video game programs for kids. But for the zero to five age, I think a lot, a lot of things where you can kind of just let them have some some time to play yeah. time for adults to connect with one another like some dance concert type things mm-hmm. up here at our local library with yeah. like some local kids based artists hullabaloo yeah hullabaloo rocked the house today at the yes. central library nice. it was great yeah <laughs> yeah and let's not forget that bill himself has led some uh dj classes that's more for the <laughs> teens i guess yeah we have a couple uh staff members uh i'll, I'll give them a shout out jay rosso and uh tension who are uh <laughs> local djs who are awesome and they they did wow. some programs for us and it was great and bestin brought his his son yeah purely by accident but yeah we had fun <laughs> so bestin you were saying that you guys have gone to the library like every week uh, I pretty much once a week for ten years now. I, you know, the thing about the li- I think I'm thinking about the reason that that happened. Yeah. Uh, first of all, because I like libraries, but also because it seems to have sort of fit each of the sort of various phases, not only of the kid but like of myself as a parent. You know, I mean, for the first year, I was a pr- I was the primary. My wife was working very hard, um, and I was. You know, miserable at times, yeah. for sure. Uh, it would be silly to pretend not. And um, the library is a kind of a safe place for miserable weirdos. Yes, <laughs> who love yes, books. that's why and, I love and it so kids. much. And their kids. And I, 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 you know, that worked for I'm me in that period. I'm because I'm picturing that as their marketing. Stuff. Right. No, like, <laughs> I would like go and get my like book of like Picasso's Blue Period, you know, and I would like lie down right. in the kids' room while the kid like banged you know he's like whatever three months old you know he's <laughs> like and somehow that worked for us yeah. you know and then a year later what was working was something else like spanish story time we went to in mission valley for a long time and then a year after that something else was working like now he needed like comic book things or whatever and i was learning about photography i had my photography books he had these things we'd hit them both up and then at some point when he's four he starts watching movies so we can like watch all of the Scooby-Doo's continuously from start to finish. <laughs> we got them all at the library once a week. Yeah. The once a week thing works too for the big pile of books because you know you're going to take it back in a week. Right. The DVDs you only get for a week. So it, it kind of works out. It takes the stress out of it in many ways. Like it was a routine. Now it's very much like 
he goes to the like animal section of the nonfiction in the kids room yeah um and i go look at the audiobooks um and it seems to kind of like the library is always just kind of one step ahead of us in terms of like where we were going to be in our next little phase um and that's been wonderful nice I know for us that my husband really likes the new location because um, cash is to the point to where he can walk longer distances. And I said it's about six blocks. Mm -hmm. So Matt really likes to take cash there in the afternoons and they'll walk to the library, go hang out in the library for a little bit and then turn right and go to the Petco Park and then yeah, play right. in the park for a few minutes and so by the time he gets home the kid is wiped right <laughs> some of the best things you can just ask for as a primary caregiver whether or not you're a weirdo or not is, <laughs> a, <laughs> is an activity right something yes. to do and it's um the library is a great thing it's the the run-up to getting there being mm-hmm. there coming home and then even coming home with the stuff that you brought home so it's like shopping without spending money love it well I will say too when I was um, you know I'm a new parent so especially the first I'd say month or two I was as a mom a little overwhelmed with the fact that like when I was breastfeeding I would sit down to breastfeed and I was there for like 45 minutes trying to feed this baby and I'm like oh my god what am I going to do with this time like I'm just sitting here you can only look at Facebook so much right Right. (laughs) and so finally I'm like I need to read something. Like, I need to use my brain during this time. And I got my library card. Thank you very much. And I went online, and the library has a ton of free ebooks. So I didn't even have to go to the library and pick it up because my kid hates the car seat. So I just went online and I'd pick it out and download it. And I could sit there breastfeeding with one arm and clicking my Kindle with the other arm, (laughs) and I could make it work. And in that way, it was a huge help to me because it gave me kind of like a release and I didn't leave the house. I couldn't have an activity, but I was still able to like keep my brain on during that time. Yeah, you get that you get the benefit without the cost. Yeah, it was great because I didn't have to pay anything and you know Christina's book club, like, you know, she'll always go to the library and see if you can get it there instead of going. Oh well you know there there are all these really neat new tricks with the library. Like you can put a hold on a book and even if it's in a different Library than yours, they'll bring it to your library for free. What? Yes. I didn't know this. Yes, we've been yes. doing that for a while. But yeah, it's it's all free. You can uh, leave up to twenty five holds. It's um, even bigger than that now. Now you can you can request books from like UCSD or yeah. Wow. Oh, I know. I saw that oh, thing where they've opened up to the the university library. The now circuit. Too. It, yes. How does that work? I'm picturing Amazing. like some trained owls. Well, <laughs> basically, like, we're helping each other. So kind of like I was talking about how we reach people by working with organizations where it's mutually beneficial. It's yeah. kind of the same thing. So we have a lot of materials in our collection that these other library systems might be interested in, and their patrons, and, and vice versa. So we have a, a you know a small team of of people that are just constantly you know having the books in and out all day and our patrons are loving it nice That's so cool. it's That's great. great it's great i mean i'm just really curious as to what my library history is gonna look like <laughs> you know say 100 years from now if somebody stumbles upon it do you keep those for how long do you keep this <laughs> no i i, I believe you for privacy them straight onto the nsa yes. i know <laughs> We, we have a lot of people that come in and say, hey, can I get my you know history of books? Because they're curious about what they've read, and we're actually not allowed to keep those type of oh. records. It, it, the, it, if they have the right clearance, though, I imagine. Yeah, yeah I, I unfortunately am not at that level. I'm, I'm still lowly that I, I don't get to see that. Awesome. Great. 
Great. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us, um, and thanks for listening. For more information about public libraries um, uh, and Bill and what's going on in San Diego, we're going to put some links up on our episode page, so make sure to go to parentsavers.com and check that out. We're going to continue the conversation for members of our Parent Savers Club. After the show, we're going to talk a little bit more about finding books um, and how easy it is to do and how it's changed over the years. Um, So make sure to stick around after that. And if you're interested in learning more about the Parent Savers Club, visit our website. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hi, Parent Savers. This is Sunny. I'm one of the producers on the show. I'm sitting here with Kelly Sue. She is the designer and founder of a company called Baby Moon, which makes multifunctional products for babies. So, Kelly, welcome to Parent Savers. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Sunny. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, tell us a little bit. I know you founded the company. So, tell us tell us why you founded the company and, and why this is so important to you. Well, I designed the Baby Moon pillow for my daughter when she was um, young, when she was at three months old. She went in for a checkup because she developed a flathead syndrome. Okay. And I had no idea what that was as a new parent. Um, and what I found out was, you know, when a child is laying down on one position too long, their head is very, very malleable. So it causes flat spots. Sure. And um, her pediatrician recommended that we did, you know, repositional therapy, um, which did not work for my daughter. She hated laying on her sides. Um, she just wanted to lay on her back. And so, you know, um, I looked out into the market looking for product, maybe something that she can lay on, a pillow or any kind of a support that she can lay on that wouldn't put any pressure on the back of her head. And I couldn't find anything out there like it. So um, I designed this product um, for her and it worked really well. And um, you know, I know that there are a lot of new parents out there who don't know what a flathead syndrome is or what how it's caused. And um, like me, I couldn't find anything like that out there. So I really, to me, I I wanted to help those parents as well um, and their children. Um, So that's why I feel that this product is very um, necessary and and important. Yeah. We actually did an episode on Parent Savers about plagiocephaly. And yeah, yeah, we had a doctor on and talk about that. You may want to go back in the archives and check that out and understand why this is an issue. You know, why kids need support like this. So tell us a little bit more. I know that's one of your products. And you're launching a new product, right? Yes, I am. Um, we are launching a product called Cuddly. It's um, children's wearable blanket. Okay. And it comes in uh, two different sizes, um, ages one to three, and then three and up. Um, the the blanket is really nice. You can use it in car seats and strollers. Um, you know, I found that, you know, with my daughter, she hated wearing coats or blankets over her when she's strapped in um you know she gets too hot she wants to take off her coat you know you're driving you can't pull over uh you know and um and you throw on a blanket over them um but the blanket slips off you know it just it wasn't right very useful so <laughs> i designed a blanket that actually has sleeves and it stays intact so that um, she can wear it while she's strapped in and her arms are still mobile so she can you know play her ip with her ipad or have her snacks or 
you know, um, still move around without feeling like she's just kind of uh, strapped in and um, bundled up with her blanket. Yeah. Overall, what are you hoping to accomplish with your company? Like, what, what's the goal? What do you, how do you want to help parents? Well, I really want to uh, design products that are innovative, um, products that are multifunctional, so that, you know, you buy a product that's not just for one use, but for multiple uses. Um, you know, a lot of, lot, like these days, you know, parents, you know, you're on a budget and mm-hmm. you really want to spend that money on the right product, but not just for one use, you know, but for multiple uses. And so that's kind of how I want to help parents out there, you know, save, um, cost effect- effective, um, and products that really um, help. And how can people purchase your products? Um, they can purchase it on our website. Um, that's shopbabymoon.com. Um, we are also available on Amazon and um, fi- over 50 different stores um, throughout United States. Yeah, and you can go on your website to see all those different locations, yes. right? Mm-hmm. That's great. And for everyone listening, if you go to their website, which again is shopbabymoon.com, you enter the promo code NEWMOMMY20. They're going to give you 20% off your order, which is fantastic. So, Kelly, thank you so much for being on our show and for creating products that help new parents like us in our everyday lives. Thank you so much, Sunny. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Parent Savers. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Preggy Pals, The Boob Group, and Twin Talks. Next week, we're going to be talking about another new topic of interest that should be great for new and new again parents. And how many times can I say new as I wrap up the show? We're going to do it one more time and maybe best as I do, we're going to say it all together. This is Parent Savers. Empowering New Parents. parents. All right. All right. (laughs) This has been a New Mommy Media Production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.